What's up, Sam? Mike, how's it going, man? Pretty good, man. Just trying to do one of these, like, whenever something comes up, just to get the feel of it. Digest a little bit. Yeah. Um, have, have you been playing around with this a lot? No, honestly, I just uh, see when you invite me and I'm like, hell yeah, I'll join. Talk to Mike. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's awesome, uh, man. Starting to jump it's, on. It's yeah, it's you never know who's going to jump in on these things, but uh, like I love when you jump in because I know like what you've kind of got to contribute. It's a lot of good stuff. But um, that's no, great. Yeah, thanks for the invites. Do you, do you do a podcast or are you just kind of on here to join in and have conversation? You know, I've been really wanting to start one. So like you inviting me in and getting the opportunity to, to speak and get a feel for the the whole, you know, gist of a, a podcast or at least the, the structure of it. Um, it's, it's really giving me a good feel to kind of, you know, take that step and, and just start doing something, you know, on my own as well. So, you know, I've been listening to a, a lot of totally. Rogan, uh, obviously the all in podcast and, uh, you know, a few others and, um, I like it. Like, I like this free form of information and, um, and the, the style of it. I do like a lot of cardio. So I love listening to podcasts and I'm doing cardio as opposed to just music. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I mean, one of these days I'll definitely, uh, have my own podcast, but for now I'll, uh, I'll, you know, contribute to yours, whatever, uh, invited. How about that? <laughs> yeah, it sounds good, man. Uh, yeah. I've actually been doing a podcast since 2019. Um, oh, okay. and it's one of those things where it's just like, I, I think I've found a medium I felt good with, but it feels awkward at first. And like, I think the technical difficulties and I heard David Sachs talking about the podcasting and um, he was like, I wouldn't have done this if like Jason and his brother or his nephew weren't handling all the production. And like, I was always overwhelmed. I was like, oh, do I have to go in and do all this editing? And what made me get started was Spotify bought this company called Anchor and it pretty much you know, it's, this is easier. Um, but yeah, that was like, it took a lot of the friction out of it. And like, I don't want to yeah. sit there and do audio engineering and do all this stuff. Um, and to not have to really like, I mean, there's some uh, amount of like kind of shuffling things up, but I didn't have to be like super technical to be able to do it. And like, I mean, I got a pot podcast mic, but I, use that half the time like right now i'm just using a headset um yeah and i just think it's it's almost like you know how you, you took like i heard someone analogize it to taking used to take pictures with like a dslr camera and you had to be pretty technical to do anything with photography and what instagram did was just make it like easy in an app with filters and all these things and suddenly the cameras got better on phones and now like anybody can be a photographer and I think that's when podcasting yeah. really takes off is when it's just super easy to do. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I will say though, do you feel like with a lot of like this type of format coming in, do you think it's going to be uh, beneficial for podcasting or do you think it's going to take away from it? Because, um, you know, right now you have people that you genuinely listen to all the time, right? Like that you really like. Um, and it's because it's, it's kind of hard to break into that barrier, right. And do that. Do you think that the overall like concept or the, the structure of podcasts is going to change with, you know, such a stuff I, like I this? don't think it'll replace it. I don't yeah, think it'll okay. replace it. Um, so what I actually did already with this is, you know, this is in the feed, but, um, I, I, I was afraid I, I couldn't at first find that you could export this. I was like, oh crap, is he like pigeonholing this onto this app? And I was like, that really limits the functionality of it. Yeah. But you can actually export the link. Um, it was a little weird to figure it out, but then I uploaded it into Anchor. And then I was actually able to put, like I did an intro and described the new format. Um, yeah. And then I put my theme music and then I put uh, this into it. And I mean, honestly, like, so I could do a hybrid podcast now where I could do like a monologue and then I could be like, Hey, you know what? I want to open this up to people. And then, you know, I could like do a 
the chat. Actually, the first time I thought about this was I listened to this um, podcast called Hyper Change. I don't know. He talks about Tesla and all this stuff. And he was talking about Clubhouse. And he was using Clubhouse like that. Like he had a, a monologue. And then he was like, oh, let's talk with Tesla. And he opened Clubhouse up and made a group and had people talking. And I don't think that app yeah. has been, is the best for that format. Um, but it was so cool. I was like, it adds this whole different dynamic. And I don't always just like talking um, by myself. And it's hard to always find people to like do a Zoom chat. I've done a few interviews and stuff. But this is just like easy to bring other people into conversation. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, okay. I get your perspective then. Yeah, it, I wonder if this is like it. You know, the stance that I was taking is like, uh, you know, is TV going to be ruined now that YouTube came around, right? <laughs> you know, that, almost that but you see, YouTube didn't replace TV. Correct. YouTube Correct. didn't replace TV. I don't think this is going to replace your professional Joe Rogan podcasts and yeah. stuff like that. Um, I think he would, it'd be fun if he like opened it up every once in a while or did like a sideshow. See, he could do his like normal monologue show. Or where he's yeah. interviewing somebody, and then maybe like in between, he could do like uh, a talk like this. You know, you could do like totally. This could just be a separate channel that you have. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I like honestly, it. I think I th- like I tried videotaping doing a podcast, and I still feel like video has too much friction. Other than like TikTok or something, which you wouldn't use for a podcast, it's um, YouTube. Like. I have trouble with that, like using that sometimes. I feel like you're going to have to be a little technical with it. Okay. Yeah, I've never really tried. Honestly, I just, I I like photography. Like I've been doing photography for probably, I would say a little over 10 years now. Um, and I've gotten out or away from like the DSLRs because the the iPhone is just so easy, Right. Um, and you know, for my DSLR, like, especially, you know, the, the reason why I like using the DSLR is because it's capabilities to take pictures in low light. But now with this iPhone camera, I mean, holy crap, like the, the iPhone 12 pro, you can really get some decent, like low light shots, which I really enjoy. So what it's actually put me towards is, uh, uh, my film. So like, I just shoot film now I have, uh, a 1983 Nikon F2 film camera. And I actually use uh, my grandfather's old uh, lenses from like the sixties. And that's like my, my new thing to mm-hmm. do because I like, you know, slowing down and really taking, you know, taking my time on the shots. Yeah. I, I have a good appreciation. <clears throat> I feel like a lot of the older movies just had better uh, cinematography because you just didn't have all that technology. Like uh, who's who's one of my favorites? Who's the guy that did um, 2001: Space Odyssey and The Clockwork Orange? Stanley Kubrick did like, uh, some cool stuff okay. with film. Um, I don't know. Just I love like the interesting perspectives and just kind of the older way like things were filmed, like Star Wars and Jaws. And just man, those the old movies like they were just done so well. Yeah. I agree. So I see your prompt here. What happened to crypto today? Man, a little, little bit of a bloodbath, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Um, you just kind of like looked at my phone. It was, it was just like straight down, um, which yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like it dumps like that for some, like, usually I've heard that that usually has something to do with leverage when it drops just straight down like that. Um, but yeah. it, Honestly, I think one thing I read was that the El Salvador thing today, they made it a, a, a currency. And maybe, I think somebody said something, or there was an article talking about whales selling or something like that. Um, so I don't know if there was just a big dump because they viewed that as like peak news. Uh it's it's almost like people sell going into i mean that happens in the stock market is when there's all these events like when a certain event happens people sell into it when there's news and people will be like oh why did that stock just drop on good news it's because they were waiting on that to get confirmed and then they just sell out to take profits 
Um, seems short-sighted for crypto because that's not why I'm in it. But maybe people were like, just like, hey, I'm going to ride this up in anticipation of this El Salvador thing. But that's just a guess. It's kind of coincidental that that happened on the same yeah. day. Yeah, I, I, you know, this might be a little conspiracy related, but I think it's a little bit of like premeditated. I think that I think that it has become pretty commonplace with crypto where people are, are really selling the news. Um, and I think for a big step like this for, you know, I, I, I would consider this a large scale step for a you know smaller country like El Salvador to actually say, hey, we're going to use this as a currency. You know, I think that when, you know, when we see like real, real, real world use case for this, that might scare some of the big banks, you know, because they don't want this. I don't think they want crypto to, to you know, kind of take over fiat because that's how they make all their money, right? Is loaning, loaning everyone else the, the fiat money and, you know, allowing, uh, allowing it to just keep getting printed, right? So... I don't know. That's a little conspiracy wise, but I, I just. Well, oh, wait, who, who are you implying that some banks are selling or what? Like, how would that drive yeah, the price? That's what down? I would say. Yeah. Like with they with bought the a leverage and whatnot. And... Yeah. Yeah. Mm, okay. Like, I think they've been slowly adding to their positions, you know, especially when it's down in the 30,000 range and whatnot. Um, and, and yeah, I, I would say that, you know, this is, it, it just plays into their hand, right? Bubble and, and whatnot. I don't, you know, I don't really understand the the large scale, you know, thought process behind it, but I just think they want to associate, you know, yeah. oh, like El Salvador, you know, actually doing this. They kind of want to take the news and spin it on its head. Oh, Bitcoin drops the most ever, right? In the last month. So you don't even hear about El Salvador, what they do or what, you know, what they're doing with it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just it was a straight line down, but it it bounced back somewhat pretty quickly. Um, I was it was interesting. We were talking about Solana yesterday, and Solana is not down. It was actually up a little bit today, which I sold some Solana to take profits this morning. Put into Chainlink and. Filecoin and a few others, um, yeah. And obviously, that was a stupid decision because Solana's like still up, which I thought would I thought Solana would probably have the most to lose because it was pumped up the most. So that's I wanted to take a little bit off the table, but Chainlink and Filecoin were down like some of the most of any of the coins. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of like didn't make a good decision there, I guess, but it wasn't that much money. Were, were you buying or selling anything? Well, no, I've just been I've just been kind of holding through all this. I uh, what are, what are you in? Like what so, what is kind of your spread of things? I, I used to be in a lot of different ones until everything dropped. Like I used to, you know, I think the first time we had talked, I was in Litecoin, and uh, I was like, every day I got scared that it was just going to tank. Because there is no way that Litecoin should be worth, you know, I think I sold it at like $309 or $317 a coin. And I had a few of them. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll finally get out of this. And the, I still don't understand what that damn thing does. <laughs> exactly. I don't either. I, I didn't either. I was just like, hey, I got in early. It, the price keeps going up. Why not, you know, take a 100% return on it, right? Um, and, and even more. And uh, yeah, good choice. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I got out of that and I put everything like I had, um, I had Ripple, I had Tron, I had uh, the Litecoin, and I just put all that into AMP. And then I haven't really bought in the AMP that much anymore because I, I got in at a decent price and uh, I'm just, I'm happy with the position that you, I have. You sound convicted of it. Like you sound really convicted on AMP, but um, have you done like, you just, you just have this like gut feeling that it's a really good project or. Yeah, I just, I really like what they have and I like that it's actually in use right now. Like you can actually go to like, there's, there's different, there's different uh, participating retailers. Like for instance, like Dunkin' Donuts, 
Um, and the way that they actually do it is it's just like a, it's, it's the same way that you'd pay with like a gift card. So you go on and you use like uh, the, the Flexa app or even like the spend app. Um, and you can go in and go to the store and say, Hey, I want to, you know, buy a coffee and I'm going to use the, this app. So whether you have Dogecoin, whether you have Litecoin, Bitcoin, Ethereum, you can pay for that coffee with, you know, whatever coin that you would like utilizing the Flexa network and, and the AMP token. Um, so what you, do you do it like wirelessly with your phone? Do you like hold it up to something or yep, yep. It's you have just a card? Like any, Issued. It's just on your phone. Yeah, it's just on your phone and it's just a QR code. So just depending on whatever you know you're using, the QR code would be a little oh. different. And so like uh, at Dunkin' Donuts, you can spend up to $50 at a time uh, of purchase and, and you know it'll just subtract from your wallet and uh, it'll it'll go through on their system like any like almost like a gift card would. So it's not like a cash transaction, but they're taking it, they're accepting it. You know, as like a, a almost like a gift card. That's how these companies are doing it. And they cut co- they cover the risk, like until so, it yeah, settles. Correct. So that's what the AMP token does. Is actually it's used as collateral. So what the whole point is oh. is to cut out on all of the middlemen who are charging you to, um, you know, to kind of do the transaction. So I can I can send uh, you know I don't know is there a way that you can like I wish you could like post like notes in the chat or something like that. Um, but, Wait, so you don't need a wallet or any of that kind of, or I mean you have a wallet to store your your tokens. Correct. Correct. Yep. But what yeah, middleman so are, are you talking about? Like using like Coinbase or Coinbase? Well, so I would or... say just like with like regular. So like let's just say you go and like swipe your debit card, right? So when you go and swipe your debit card at a, a point of sale, so, you know, like let's just say that same Dunkin' Donuts, that transaction, there is like 12 different, um, how do I say it? 12 different entities, I would say, that your card and that information touches before the, 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 the mm. payment is settled between you and that company. And each, each time or each you know, entity that that touches, they take a certain percentage. So it's more or less for different companies, right? Like Amex, I think, is the highest on like how much of a percentage that that company has to use in order to, or, you know, has to pay to accept Amex, right? Uh, and so what this is doing, what AMP is trying to do is say, hey, like, we want to be able to cut out all of the middlemen we want to cut out all of those extra entities and it's between the store and the consumer only utilizing yada 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 down the line hello are you still there oh yeah you cut out for a second instead of it having to go in, in between all these different people um it's just you know you and you and that um entity or you and the, whoever accepts it. So you utilize it with the spend app, S-P-E-D-N. That's the app, digital payment app. Okay. I, I like that. Sh- yeah. You sound like, like I like when someone can explain what a project does, um, you know, cause I don't want to be just in something. And sometimes I just buy, buy a coin if it's on Coinbase, I guess. Cause I'm like, Oh, you know what? They vetted it. And like, I'll read the descriptions but I don't ever put much into it. I'm just kind of like, oh, you know, I'll do more research on it. And if I feel like this is a good project, I'll put a little more. Um, but yeah, that's that sounds like one of the most compelling projects yeah. I've, I've heard of. I, I like that a lot. So do you have any numbers on have you looked into like the users, the user numbers of that? And like, are they going up or like stagnant? Like, because I would like to see you know, are people actually using that? I mean, it's different than like, I get, I get that it, people can use it, but people actually using it to me is a little different. Correct. Yeah. And, and it, it is, it is slowly going up. I honestly, I don't have specific numbers to say how many people are using the spend app on a day-to-day basis at, at these locations. I just, I really don't have that. Um, but what I will say okay. is, 
that um, the the use or the staked amount of AMP continues to increase. So that means that people who are buying it are staking it and holding it. And so when they stake it, that is just building out this network to say, all right, like if we want to keep doing transactions, you have to continue to stake that AMP because that staked AMP is utilized to actually, you know, execute the transactions. That's the only way that it works, right? Uh, I need to move my money off Coinbase because, like, they they let you stake a few things, but, like, there's a lot of coins you can't stake. Like, for example, like, I have, like, Polkadot you can stake on Kraken. So, actually, I, I, like, have different exchanges so that I can, like, stake different coins. But if if I actually just committed to being using like just a wallet, I could actually probably stake every coin, but or a lot more coins. But yeah, yeah I use yeah I'm on Gemini a lot. Oh, do they let you stake a lot of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to maybe yeah. look. Yeah, and they that. actually one thing too, like that I've been looking into um, is just kind of using Gemini as like a little savings account because they'll give you like eight point four percent. Uh, APY just for like keeping. Uh, I, let me see. I, I just got like a notification for it earlier today on stable yeah, coins. On stable coins, like eight percent. Then which stable see. coin? Uh, GUSD is available on Gemini. If it, if it's always fully backed by one US dollar earned on GUSD. Yeah, Gemini dollar. Is that Gemini's? Yep. Shit, I need to get set up with that. I I was I bought some Gemini dollar on a BlockFi at one point because they had like eight percent loan rate. But you're saying that's just to stake it? Yeah, yeah, that's just the current interest rate, just eight point five. Holy crap! Yeah, <laughs> I read that they actually have APY because the concern is always like how secure is the stable coin, and like I wouldn't do that if it was Tether. I'd be like, well, you know, it sounds sketchy as to what they own. But Gemini actually read was I did some research on it. G- Gemini has one of the more most secure um, stable coins, and it's like one of the only ones that's fully audited. Yeah, it's got some sort of. Well, I just like that it's you know from the Winkle bosses, right? I mean, I know the name. I don't know if that like is a form of trust to me. Um, Fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm sure there's like famous people that would take your money and run off with it. But um, yeah, I mean, if if you have like some knowledge of them and you feel trust in them, um, I mean, I I guess I just started with Coinbase because I read that they were going through all the channels. They're trying to like make they were trying to make sure that Coinbase was always, even though the government like crypto is kind of like oh screw it we're gonna do what we want. I felt like Coinbase was the least likely to get messed with because they were trying to go through all the proper channels and get people from the government in their company to make sure like they were compliant and stuff. Um, as opposed to like Binance, but I have to check out yeah. Gemini. I just hate getting all the, like, I feel like I have too many accounts spread across things. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm only in uh, Gemini and then, uh, and in Coinbase, that's really all that I have right now. I just try to keep it really, really small. I, you know, there's like the Coinbase Pro too. There's some of that, but I just, I don't know. I, I stay, stay away from, you know, too, too much, like you had said. Yeah, I just, um, I think I steered away from Gemini just because it felt like they didn't have nearly as many tokens as some of the other ones. But um, are they, do they add stuff regularly? Yeah, they slowly, they've been adding stuff. Honestly, the reason why I got into Gemini was because they were like the first to offer AMP. Oh, I need to see, yeah, Yeah. I need to see what they offer again. I think one time when I looked, it looked like they only had like 30 tokens. So it's like, that seemed like not that much. Uh, They have a lot more than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're slowly growing. They're definitely nowhere like Binance or, you know, uh, Coinbase or anything like that, right? But I mean, still, like, very, very, you know, reasonable. Well, I don't want so. somebody that just adds any token under the sun. I do feel like Coinbase Correct. is pretty selective, but then at the same time, they're, like, adding... I'm just like, why haven't they added this yet or this one? <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember what else I was going to cover. 
Yeah, I don't I don't really know why I was dropping today, but I mean I really don't worry about that sort of thing. It's just kind of something to talk about. I mean, it doesn't affect where I'm at. I I was going to say the last time, remember when we had that big drop and Bitcoin went from 60,000 down to 30,000? So what I like to do when those things happen yeah, yeah. is take on more risk. So like I actually sold all my Bitcoin when that happened because Bitcoin dropped percentage-wise less than Ethereum. And so I moved all of my Bitcoin into Ethereum and then I built my Bitcoin position back up since. But um, I think that served me pretty well because Ethereum's yeah. obviously gone up a lot more percentage-wise. But I wouldn't have done that with like a smaller altcoin or something like um, that I wasn't confident in. But I I really felt like Ethereum would come back at the same ratio as Bitcoin, if not more. So I was like, this is kind of a cool opportunity to go all in on Ethereum for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I love Ethereum. I uh, like. I think where where we are going at is what were you in? And so just like I said, uh, AMP, Ethereum, and Bitcoin. I mean, that's really all that I'm in right now. And I think that you cannot go wrong right now putting money in any one of those consistently, like no matter what the price is, to be honest. I mean, what we were talking yesterday that the price target for Bitcoin is going to be like 150000 and a year, right? I think that's what we were talking about. I mean, we're going to be laughing at, you know, it's three to four months down the road when when Bitcoin, we would be like, man, remember when Bitcoin was at 40 some thousand or 50,000? Like, I wish I would have put in more. I just, I don't know. I just see myself mm-hmm. doing that. So here, here's, a, here's a thought. Um, you know how like things kind of go, uh, there's kind of trends that emerge in crypto space. Uh, obviously, like early on it was Bitcoin and it was, smart contracts and then DeFi emerged and then nfts um what do you think could be one of the next sectors to kind of like blow up and i guess well i actually kind of want to hear your opinion before i say two sectors that i have heard could be the next things to to spike um do you have any You know, I don't, let me, let me wait on that one. How about that? Let me, let me, let me think on it. I, I, I just think that there, there is so many different areas that it could go, right? What's your timeline, I guess? What, what are you saying? Like, is this like next year? I just mean like the next, okay. the next thing to pop. Like, like we, uh, NFTs have kind of been this year. Um, there's just kind of these yeah. like waves that come through. And you see this like wave of innovation slash hype. And, you know, I think the hype drives baseline innovation. Then eventually the hype blows off and then you have some developments. I think there's all these developments made in the midst of the hype cycle. But do you want me to say what I, I actually, I heard this from someone else. This isn't like just my original thought, but I do kind of, think these could be two things that could come up next do you do you want me to say yeah go go ahead go ahead yeah um community tokens and um dows are you familiar with either of those community tokens yes what was the second one that you said dows oh i'm not familiar with that so i think a dow is a fascinating concept we talked i don't were you on there when we were talking about ubi with yeah yeah yeah. yep okay so DAOs are stand for decentralized autonomous organization and so it's it's like if you created a crypto and then you have this phased plan to release it to the public and it's completely run through governance and uniswap i think is that way now um and there's like a maker maker DAO makes die, which is a, a algorithmic stable coin. And so a DAO is just kind of run by the community. And 
I actually think that there's a couple tokens actually that are uh, based around creating DAOs. It's almost like almost like an app you could go to and build. Um, let me look. You can like build DAOs. Um, it's kind of like a, I guess an an app or you could use to to make it create a DAO. Um, maybe like a, a Shopify for DAOs or something like that. Or uh, um, mm, okay, yeah, 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 like a Wix or something for DAOs. I guess that's the only really thing I can think of to compare it to. Um, so I was looking at a few of those coins. I was thinking that could be a good thing, but I think in the future there could be companies could be DAOs and. You know, there's companies now that are kind of what, what do you call them? REI, uh, that outdoor store, is one like a co-op, but a DAO is like the ultimate sort of like employee-owned, but you own like these tokens and maybe you contribute to a DAO. Um, you could be at your house and like maybe working for a business and working mm-hmm. for one of these decentralized organizations you know, with some goal in mind and you get paid out through these tokens and then you can cash them out through stable coins or something like that. So I just think that's maybe really promising. If you had these like objectives, you could link to a DAO and people could, uh, be working for these kind of, you know, not for companies anymore, but for these entities online or on the blockchain. And then I think communities. Yeah. Do you think, huh? I was just going to say, do you think that it solves some of people's, um, I would say, I I would say uh, grievances with capitalism, right? Where, you know, well, the, 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 you know, guy at the top usually takes on the most risk, obviously, um, but, you know, gets paid the most. Whereas somebody who's, you know, the lower end worker has no risk and, but doesn't get paid very much. Like, do you see that kind of like, like this DAO kind of taking away from that a little bit because it is all decentralized? Well, it creates more of a flat organization, kind of like horizontal. Um, I don't know. Maybe you could, yeah. you could probably still have like more tokens paid out based off of like what you're doing. So I don't see like why like an engineer mm-hmm. on a DAO, like you could probably assign like certain like contributions get more tokens like it does it doesn't have to be like yeah. a communist dow where it's like yeah, you know, yeah. everybody gets everybody gets one token no matter what you do yeah. like it like you yeah. could have yeah. like some algorithmic like payout based off of like your contribution or a smart contract right yeah or like yeah exactly contract. yeah yeah and there and you could also vote on like i don't know like i mean anything could be changed based off of like community votes and things like that so you know, maybe maybe the the DAO yeah. wants to recruit someone, and you could vote. Hey, you know, can we pay this person this much? Um, you know, to to recruit them onto this DAO. Um, but it, you could like instead yeah. of being bound to like a company, you could work for all these different DAOs. Possibly, this is just me brainstorming. But I do feel like the potential is there with um, crypto and the decentralization of things to to maybe solve i'm not saying it you know i'm sure people were saying the internet could solve everything back in the day and obviously it's you know it's done a lot of good but it's also created a lot of problems too i'm sure there's negative consequences we haven't seen in the blockchain that could happen but i i see like potential of things to be solved and i'm not technical enough to know if all these things could be solved and there's no silver bullets, but yeah. So I, I like those. I think those are great. I will say, and I think where I'm at is all right. NFTs. I think that the art idea of it is the wave and there are more waves to come around NFTs. The one most specifically yeah, I wouldn't. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I wouldn't lock the art part in your head. Like I think yeah. NFTs that is like the the gateway drug, and I think it will be used for so many things. And I just think NFTs will just it won't even yeah. be a big deal at some point. 
But I think you'll be like, oh, remember when NFTs were kind of like originated? Like CryptoPunks might be worth something to me just because like like the I just think everything will be done with NFTs at some point. It'll just be like <laughs> almost boring, but it'll be like so cool. Yeah. Like it'll have a lot of utility to it. Totally. Yeah. No. And so I think the, the one area that we're going to really see a lot of growth in is the music industry. Um, and, and so when I think of art right now, I think of putting it in the box of just like the crypto punks and people, you know, selling like the rock pictures or whatever, right? Just the two low hanging fruits that we can talk about. Um, and the one example that I'll give is, uh, one of the, uh, the, uh, a rap artist, uh, Tory Lanez. So a few weeks ago, I don't know if you've heard about this, but he created, an album, an, uh, an ENFT album um, with seven songs on it and had 1 million copies worth uh, that he, you know, what listed on, uh, I, I forget the actual marketplace, um, but he listed each album for $1. I don't know if it was OpenSea. So open um, I think it was a, a different uh, one. I can go back and, and double check here. Um, but that he listed 1 million copies for $1 a piece. They sold out in 57 seconds. <laughs> 57 seconds. I'm confused though. Like when you're talking about making music into NFTs, like, can it, can it be shared? Though? Like if they make a million of a song, does that mean after like a million one people, like the, that person can't listen to that music or so, so I would say that that person can do whatever they want with that. Like, I'm just saying that they have one of the one million. That you would like, but you saying that, hey, I have this piece, right? Like, this is how I'm going to distribute it because it came from this original owner, right? And I know that. Um, maybe, maybe they issue like collectible NFTs of their songs and then they like still do like a general public kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And listen, very high level at this, because this is the first one that I've ever heard of. So I don't know the specific technicals behind it. I'll be the first to say that. Well, the Kings of Leon did it. Okay. They did. Okay. Yeah. They did a whole album like that. Yeah. But my point here is, and I think this is just one of the crazier instances to build off the flow like the cyberpunks, is um, the cheapest one that was selling um, for, I don't know, a, a few weeks ago was, was going for like $30,000 for an album. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, someone bought it for a dollar and the cheapest one that was being sold out of a million was like 30000 You know, it's just, it's crazy, right? See, I'm wondering if these if the NFT thing is going to have like a bad effect, a chilling effect though on like people that just want to consume things. If it's going to like, yeah, because it almost seems like it's just being this hype overbidding on things, and it almost becomes unattainable for certain people. And it's like, mm-hmm. um, honestly, the internet originally at the expense of artists um, made music and creative things widely available and i'm wondering if this is like it's putting the power back in the artist's hands but it's also making like so much scarcity um to where it could have this like effect of making things like almost elitist you yeah know well i feel like that's the music industry already though is elitist right like you have to go to a record label they pay you a certain signing fee and make you sign a contract for a crazy amount of music to be produced under their terms that you have to get produced behind. Right. Like you don't just like, I just meant on the consumer level. Okay. Like fair, fair. Just someone that wants to like consume like all their band's favorite content. If it gets put behind this, like paywall of like, you have to get an NFT of it and it gets bid up to like $20,000. It's like, fuck that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I like Incubus, but I'm not gonna like, you know, mm-hmm. getting a bidding war every time they like release an album. 
Um, yeah. I just want to be able to like listen to their CD in my car. <laughs> and I think that, that there will be some people that try to get greedy like that. Like there may be some artists who are like, Hey, like I'm only releasing, you know, five, five albums and it's going to go to the highest bidder. Right. But that still goes on today. I think that the general consensus is, is like artists want to get their music out as, as much as they can to as many people. And I think that NFTs like yeah. this will empower them to do that. Now let's look at it like how we could de- deconstruct a music label. So let's just say, uh, I don't know, take John Mayer, for instance. And John Mayer has his collective of artists who he likes and, and you know, someone that he enjoys, right? Um, and he doesn't, they don't necessarily want to be signed to a label, but, you know, John Mayer's a big name and his marketing could say, hey, this person is making some NFTs, whatever, please support them, help them out, go buy and purchase some of their NFTs. I think that it'll enable or at least help jumpstart an artist's career instead of having to do like the the normal, you know, go to a record label route. You can go to this kind of like NFT space. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think, like, the bad actors will be filtered out pretty quickly. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk was warning about that. He's like, all the people that are doing cash grabs right now and just trying – I think some football player like Gronk or something released these NFTs, and they just, like, got bit up so much. Or he released them for, like, ridiculous amounts. He's like, all these people just trying to get short-term money are going to piss their fans off. And you want to, like, really do stuff that adds value to your fans and, like, you know, builds a community. And – that's why he was advocating making NFTs and he kind of led by example, making NFTs to add value to people like they can resell them and make money. Um, they can yep. also like they get experiences and surprises built into their NFTs and like the smart contract and all that. So the people yeah. that do cash grabs, I think are going to get a bad rep real quick. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, I guess community tokens, do you know much about that? Like I think of a few on Coinbase is like rallies one, there's Chili's, which is like a football team. Um, rally, I think it like helps you build uh, community tokens. Like you can issue like your own little community tokens. I think for bands or for maybe even companies or projects or just groups of like-minded people, they could have like a token that, kind of like is part of membership. Maybe they use it to get it. You buy it and you get into like a discord and you get um, access to certain things. I, I think that concept's really interesting. And uh Ralph Powell of like real, real vision seemed to think that that is kind of one of the big next things in, in crypto because people like to have communities. And that's kind of why you're seeing people move off of Facebook and move into like, more things like Discord or uh, some of these other communities, I guess uh, Twitch or places that have a little more community built um, that they can engage with people that are like-minded to themselves instead of just this broad, you know, swath of people. Yeah, I think they're really interesting, and I think you're going to see companies. Uh, that are a little more forward thinking, utilize stuff like this, right? Like I think of like an Equinox gym, you know, they already know who their community is. They charge $190 a month for a membership and people people pay it because they love it because they know exactly who's going to be in that gym, right? I think the same concept applies here for these community tokens. And I, I think it's just going to be so much easier to be able to manage a community through a token like that. Right. I mean, yeah. What if what if what if Disney issued community tokens and like you if you had one, you got into an early showing of Star Wars or like. Exactly. I mean, yeah, like any of these Tesla. Oh, my God, dude. Like if anybody, they should have um, a community token. Yeah. It's like a, it's almost like your bus pass, right? <laughs> or, or like yeah. your, 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 what, what credit card that you use, right? Oh, well, I have a platinum so I can get into the Sky Club, you know? Or, uh, you know, I just have mine and this gets me cash back, right? Like it's almost, it's almost to that degree, right? Like, oh, what community token do you own, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
And there, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk was also talking about how, like, someday you'll probably be able to see people's wallets or whatever, and you'll be like, oh, like, you'd be showing off your NFTs of all your concert tickets you went to. Yeah. You, like, maybe you could see the community tokens that somebody has, and you could tell a lot by that person. And people like that. It's, I mean, it sounds petty, but, like, people just want – they like having some social validation. And, I mean, it's, I would get one for, like, my Bitcoin group, or I'd get one for yeah. – um, whatever other like things I identify with, I, I probably have some outdoors kind of ones, you know? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I could be into that. Yeah. Especially if it, totally. I mean, you know, you got benefits from it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people do that all the time, right? You buy your, your bands, you know, the, 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 the merch at the concert, right? Cause you want to identify with the group. I think that as we get more and more integrated with technology, that this is just going to be a must. It's just going to be, it's, it's almost like your fingerprint, right? Like on your phone, it's just, it's going to become that normal and that, that, that useful. I, I could definitely see that for sure. Just, just mulling over it and, and brainstorming with you right now. I could just see so many use cases for a community token for sure. Maybe a band does like a show just for their, their token holders. Like, Oh man, that'd be really cool. Yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, you know, they could, they could have like, you know, uh, you know, like private viewing online. Right. Or, or like, Hey, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, this, this token or whatever will get you one free show a year or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Even like, what about like restaurants? Like, Hey, you have this community token, you can get a free meal at our locations across the country or something. Right. You know, there will. De- I predict there will definitely be a Chipotle token. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there will definitely be a Chipotle yeah. token. Community yeah, token. yeah. Starbucks for of, sure. Yeah. yeah, the little business. Like, card why would you have gift cards? And, yeah, like yeah. The, the place I go to, like they sell like beer and and coffee and stuff. Like they had like that card you punch. Like yeah, you definitely have just a yeah. token that keeps why track. Why would you ever have that? Yeah, it's a loyalty yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. There's there's one coin that I found super interesting. Uh, there's a couple like that I like to I would love to bring up just that uh, I think have a lot of potential that don't get talked about a lot. One is Gitcoin. Have you looked at that one? Okay. No, G I T C O I N. Okay, Gitcoin. I I hope you know, Mike, that I always keep my notebook open when uh, we get on these. Oh really? Yeah, just write stuff down. Do, doing a podcast since 2018, just I used to be like worried about what I was going to say and like, uh, you know, like just kind of going with the flow. But the more I do the podcast and stuff, I don't even use notes anymore. I just kind of talk and just kind of. Yeah. But the, I probably yeah. need to have it just to write down stuff other people are saying. Well, that's what I'm, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, I'm just, I keep it down so I can write, you know, rewrite as, you know, hybrid podcast, <laughs> anchor and whatnot, and then community tokens, Gitcoin now. Yeah. yeah I, I use this in anchor now, and then I distribute yeah. the podcast across social media. So, um, I was listening to a podcast today uh, uh, that was talking about how to get started as a podcaster. So if you ever have any questions about that, I encourage you to do it, man. Like I just yeah. jump into it yeah. and it's so much fun and it forces you to learn faster too. Cause I do a lot more research totally. to feel prepared. Uh, Cause I like, yeah. it's good. Like I have this like constant insecurity about not knowing stuff. So like, <laughs> it's kind of a good thing. Cause it like just pushes you to like always try to know as much as you can. Yeah, believe me, I think this is the third time we've done this, and I'm already like, shit, I'm behind. I need to I need to get on Reddit. I need to do some more research. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, so Gitcoin. Yeah. Oh, I'll read the description. Gitcoin is an Ethereum token that enables community governance of the Gitcoin platform. The platform is designed to fund and coordinate open source development by novel means such as quadratic funding, whatever the heck that is. Um, as of 20, June 2021, Gitcoin has facilitated over $21 million in grants and bounties for open source developers. So it's essentially like a platform to build projects on. And it's almost like a crowdsource. 
token, like to build a yeah. project on and get funding for it. So if you were trying to create like a DAP, like a decentralized app or some type of project, you might use Gitcoin to, uh, to get that to take off. So that's kind of like where I was talking the other day about picks and shovels, just like something that people would, maybe some of the pr most profitable tokens could be things that help you create a DAO or create a, a project is like, yeah. you know, that's why I like Chainlink is because it's just, uh, it it's kind of agnostic to whatever chain it's on and it it's so needed for all these different things to transmit data from the real world. Um, these things like Gitcoin and maybe one of those DAO platforms uh, is just used by all of these different projects to, to get started. Um, yeah. It's almost like an enabler, right? It's, it's not. Yeah. It's not I think it was like a crowdfunder. Yeah. It's not like, go, go like fund a me platform, but it's an enabler, right? Yeah, I wouldn't say platform. Everybody likes to throw yeah. it in, in now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd have to do more research on it. I, like, I went to their website and stuff at one point. It looks super interesting, and they had, yeah. like, examples of projects that they had helped get started. Another – so I also get some of the tokens I invest. I look up, like, uh, venture capital funds Yeah. and see kind of what they're buying because they do a lot of um, – a lot of research into like a venture capital fund will not invest in something unless they think it can like 10 to a hundred X. I mean, they like if they're putting their, their money True. into something like, I mean, they, they could be wrong obviously, but they're, they're doing a lot of diligence on it. So sometimes I invest in some projects parallel to what they're investing in just because it, or it makes me dig into something more like cello one that, uh, there's like uh, Andreessen Horowitz is one that fund that invests a lot in blockchain. Uh, blockchain Capital, I think. There's um, Pantera Capital. Um, Pantera. Pantera. I heard an interview of him the other day, and he's he's like, I don't even mess with Bitcoin Ethereum. He's really into like finding these obscure projects that can like exponentially blow up. Um. But uh, Cello is one that I've saw on a lot of their lists. And I definitely look at ones that are on like multiple people's lists because I feel like that the the fact that it's popping up on investments from multiple like billion dollar funds. So Cello is. It sounded kind of like AMP, like, but without the being able to back back up i guess like it doesn't provide that collateral i don't think but they're trying to be like the cash app of crypto Cello's the core utility reserve staking and government's asset for solo platform the platform aims to make financial tools borderless easy to use and accessible for anyone with a mobile phone they have an app um that goes on your phone which is called i downloaded it Valora, V-A-L-O-R-A. -A. Okay. So you can Valora. You can like upload like Valora. another crypto wallet to it, or, but uh, I think that's definitely a project to look into because it's supposed to be like an easy payment. I would say it's in the same category. Pantera's back in the sub. That's what you said. Well, I don't. I don't yeah. know which. I think Andreessen Horowitz is for sure. Um, which they they were involved in like Facebook okay. and Clubhouse and all kinds of stuff. Like, um, but yeah, it sounds like it's in the same category as AMP. So that might be something, especially you're interested in. If you're interested in like the payment yeah. rails. Yeah. Um, no, I am. I I think that there's going to be some big competitors to to Visa and Mastercard and whatnot. And I guess I don't want to say competitors. I think it's going to get to a point where one of these big companies just buys them out, right? <laughs> and they're like, "All right, well, we're going to start." Well, these tokens. Yeah, yeah. We're just you know we're going to start accepting digital payments because 
this is proven and we can integrate it immediately. You know. I bought polymath because I'm into stocks, but this is a polymath is a Ethereum token that aims to facilitate digital securities trading on the polymath platform by creating. So, <laughs> there we but go. This is the, so uh, a lot of these companies or these uh, tokens are getting cracked down upon because they're not supposed to be securities like ripple right so it says by creating a mm-hmm. compliance focused yeah. standard st20 to issue and manage security tokens polymath seeks to tokenize and support the trading of traditional and new classes of assets so it sounds like they're taking the route to be completely legit which i mean pe- people have been trying to do yeah um, or they've been getting in trouble for doing assets. And if they're going at it a legit way, that makes me a little less sketched out by them. Alchemy, Alchemy Pay is maybe another one to look at. Yeah. I, I think one of those funds invested in, and I think they are also in that space of um, like AMP and Solo. I think they're a point of sale. Uh, yeah. Alchemy Pay is an Ethereum token that powers Alchemy Pay, a platform that enables payments using a wide variety of fiat and crypto cryptocurrencies. Fees are paid using the ACH token, and users can earn ACH rewards for purchases. So, yeah, that's kind of how AMP is already. It's like just from staking it, like you earn from people utilizing it yeah that's a that's a few different tokens, tokens in that same yeah. category that you like yeah 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 i do like that i i actually i've been looking at this live peer because i think someone needs to make like a decentralized like youtube competitor mm, okay. but it, sound, it sounds like live peer has something to do with that kind of technology where do you get like where do you do your research? Is that Reddit or are you just Googling like different tokens in that space? Well, these are all tokens on Coinbase, but also um, I like I'll look up their white paper. You can look that up on Coinbase and then it, like yeah. within Coinbase it'll take you to their website too. Um, so I go to their websites and I like look at like, yeah. kind of what they're because these descriptions, like it's like what I mean you know, that's kind of like roughly what they're trying to do. I want to see like what it actually looks like. Cause sometimes I read a description and I'm like, I don't know what that is or like just sounds like gobbledygook to me. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard about basic attention token? Fair. No, I've been so, I need to, <laughs> dude, you got to get into some of this stuff. I need to do my more of my research. So I know. That one... Well, I've just been so heavy on, like like I said, those three three cryptos because the crypto market has been kind of boring recently. But I guess uh, I'm uh, way out of the loop here. All right, continue. Sorry. Yeah, basic attention token is associated with Brave browser, so they made like a browser, a, a web browser, okay. um, and you can earn tokens based off of like ad viewing. That's my understanding. Um, and actually, I use okay. that browser, so I know it's like a real thing, <laughs> but um. Oh, okay. Before the search engine was linked, I think it was somehow using like Bing, but it was also like making it to where your um, it's a privacy-based search. Maybe I actually maybe I'm confusing some stuff with DuckDuckGo with that. Um, it's just a browser, so you could use any search engine. Um, I was thinking of DuckDuckGo as like a version of Bing, but it's privacy-focused. Um, Sorry if you don't even know what that is. But, yeah, Brave is a browser that you can download, and it easily integrates with MetaMask. Uh, but you, okay. you earn these uh, basic attention tokens based off of ad viewing. Um, and you can, like, pay creators with them and stuff like that. But they actually have now made their own search engine to compete with Google interested yeah so three times faster than chrome 
Is that what it says? Yeah, the browser reimagined three times faster than Chrome, better privacy by default than Firefox, uses 35% less battery on mobile. Interesting. They just came out with a search engine. Uh, maybe it's in beta. How do they make money? Is it through this coin? I don't know, but I used it the other day, the search engine. And it was awesome Good. because, you know, Google now has like a full page of ads before you can even like find what you're looking for. That's yeah, it's gotten so bad. It's <laughs> like almost in, not even usable. Because um, I'll always just accidentally click on ads. Uh, but this one has like no ads right now. So they might just be doing it free for a while. It's, I mean, I, I don't know. I have to look up the way they're planning on monetizing it. IPFS is a peer-to-peer hypermedia protocol designed to make the web faster, safer, and more open. IPFS has been integrated into Braze desktop browser. Braze users can now access content directly from IPFS by resolving uh, URLs via gateway or installing a full IPFS node in one click. I wonder if they'll make money off those nodes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, earn rewards and support content creators. Brave rewards. Earn frequent flyer-like tokens just for browsing. Turn on Brave Rewards to earn frequent flyer-like tokens for viewing privacy, respecting ads. You can set the number of ads you see per hour. Oh, okay. Interesting. So people are, certain ads are being shown. Interesting. I think you have to set them. Yeah. But you like, well, you get some like payout based off of it, though. I don't mind seeing some ads. I feel like I'm getting compensated for it. <laughs> like I should. Yeah, exactly. Today, you can donate tokens to your favorite websites. Coming soon, some creator sites will feature brave ads, which helps them earn more ad revenue than existing ad models. So what they're doing is they're just trying to they're they're trying to build a browser by people who are pissed off from Google, <laughs> you know, and, and their prices, right? <laughs> Well, there's a lot of competitors now that are yeah. trying. Like, for the longest time, nobody even tried. But yeah. I guess DuckDuckGo has been trying. And then there's a, one called Nima, or Nima that's coming up. That's They're trying to get uh, funding to compete with them. Um, but it, it's good to see some people challenging them. I just don't know how successful they'll be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope. But I, I don't know that I have that much faith in it. I mean, they're just so big. Oh. They're so big and yeah. integrated. I mean, Bing couldn't even <laughs> take on Google. No. So I was going to say one thing is that um, I think the big innovation of blockchain is so for the longest time, the internet took essentially um, it commoditized the arts and like creativity um it, it pretty much commoditized it because you could just easily send pictures and videos and uh, music and art all around and really all the value just accrued to like the, the gatekeepers you know um google and yeah. a few developer or a few uh creative people that hit scale um but i do think blockchain has the capacity to be the biggest threat to big tech um because ultimately what does blockchain what's the big innovation is like that's taking out the middlemen as you were talking about amp takes out all these middle people like that's what it's doing is like getting rid of the need for that and you know if you don't have the need for that then and the creators can just uh directly go to all their consumers then it it takes a lot of that that uh the finances and the the power back to the back to creatives and dis- yeah no i completely agree the yeah. middle middlemen so i think that's the really interesting part it's just that you know everybody was just like kind of thought the future was going to be super centralized and I think we probably hit a breaking point of like yeah. how much centralization we can have as like a world and a country. And I think 
there's going to be this fragmentation over the next 20 years and you're going to see the U S the world start breaking more into like these little communities and city states and um, having their own tokens and things like that. And maybe some interoperability. And I mean, there's a lot of people who don't want that to happen. So yeah, I mean, I'm not a conspiratorial person, but it just, that's not conspiratorial. It's that, you know, the centralized um, institutions, like that's like a worst nightmare scenario for them. Exactly. Yeah. But I would compare it to like uh, the oil companies, like look at how the oil companies are just being forced to pivot away from it and look more towards sustainable materials and sustainable fuels. Right. I think uh, what, what's the, um, what's the company that's doing that? Like one of the big oil ones or even like the, to BP's. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. They, they said beyond petroleum, but they're still mostly. Yeah. Petroleum. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I think, you know, they're just realizing that they're being forced to, to kind of move that way. Right. I mean, all these huge governments are putting in regulations like, Look at China. I think they're supposed to have like 40% electrical vehicle or electric powered vehicles by like 2030 or something like that. You know, they're just, I I think we'll see some of those, those uh, type of regulations come out with tech and with the companies, like all these antitrust laws and stuff. I think that, or at least I hope that our government can get smart enough to actually go toe to toe with some of these tech guys. Right, <laughs> you have senators up there. You know, you just watch yeah. videos. Of I won't count on <laughs> yeah. that. I think I think blockchain is going to be the first thing to really threaten big tech. I don't. I think it's just game playing games. We're not going to do anything. We don't have like a Teddy Roosevelt to like break up the the big companies. Yeah. And they don't. I'm afraid yeah. they would do more damage if they actually split it. Did anything? Like, I'm afraid the government would do more damage than they'd help. So I've gone from, like, I've completely shifted my whole views of everything in the past few years. Like, I was thinking we need government to, like, mobilize all this stuff against big tech and, like, solve all these big problems. But it's just, like, it seems so hopeless. But I'm not hopeless about it. I think people can mobilize to do it in, like, these decentralized ways. Um, Fair. So, I don't know. I'm hopeful that yeah. we can figure out how to how to deal with all of it. I'm uh, I'm uh, gonna jump off here. So, uh, great conversation once again, and uh, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Um, I need to go too. But uh, yep, good yeah. luck with your crypto. Don't sell. Cool. All right. Yeah, that's right. Keep holding. <laughs> all right. Have a good all day. right. See you, man. Bye.